You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive coverage and recap series of the greatest television show in the history of the world, Third Watch. And we are into the greatest episode of television in the history of the world. We are up to the one that I've been looking forward to more than anything else in the history of my radio and podcasting career, because we are up to season two, episode seven, after hours. First aired on the 13th... Ben's favourite episode. Oh, God, I'm getting chills knowing that I'm about to talk about this episode. The 13th of November, 2000, it first aired. Uh, just what a day in infamy. We all remember where we were on that day. Uh, written by the esteemed... And this is this is why this episode is so good. Written by one of the co-creators, our favourite person in the world, Ed Allen Bonero, and directed by our very good friend, commenter on this show, Guy Norman B. Guy Norman B. Who, um, like, just as soon as he commented on our stuff and we realised, worked out who he was, the fact that I then realised he directed this episode just makes me want to get him. He's going to come on this show. We're going to talk to him, but, like, oh... My lord, this episode, this episode. Uh, my name is Ben, and I only just learn out that I make less than the price of a bleacher's seat every time I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and my name's Darvell, and Chaz. You'll see where you'll see you'll see where that comes from in a little bit. Oh, this episode, Darvell, just um... heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy. It's episode. it's so balanced well that it's just the content on this episode is so yeah heavy. It's dark and like it's it's about the you know the lies and the affecting of these people, these first responders. But it's like the fact that we can come away from this too, and there's just such fun moments of this episode. Like I talked about this in Ohio a little bit. Uh, it's like I love episodes where we kind of just get the entire cast interacting with each other and sort of, you know, not really about the jobs. I mean, you would argue Ohio, well, they're on the job while they're interacting with each other. Um, but it's kind of done in a way that's, like, so well. This this is the only episode, really, in the history of the show where we get them all kind of outside, you know, interacting in a fun way. And again, I'd like Barb or anyone else to correct me here, I think this might be the last episode we ever get where kind of it's all of these characters interacting in a way that's not related to a big job, if you know what I mean. So, like, I mean, you'd argue September 11, but, I mean, that's around September 11. So, it's kind of, it's it's done in a way uh, that it's they bring all these people together. Um, you know, so it's just, you don't, this is why this season is so perfect and so good. This is why this yes. show at this point is just complete peak third watch. And, like, you know, as much as I love this show to bits, you know, the fact that really after this episode, and, again, this is not to take away from the remaining episodes of Season 2 because they're amazing, the amazing episodes that we're going to get moving forward. But, like, this this to me, this episode is complete peak third watch. It does not get any better than this episode. Um, and, like, again, I'm not saying it's going to get crap from here on in. We did this in our Nip Tuck coverage, sort of explaining that this is peak Nip Tuck, but it's still going to get good. There's still just a lot more misses. This, to me, and I'm just going to put it out on the record right now, this is peak, this is as good as you get, third watch. This, to me, is the episode that is ultimately why this is my favourite show of all time. To me, while I think this is the most underrated and one of the best TV shows of all time, um, I don't know if you really have anything more to add on what I'm saying here, Darvell, but I just wanted to get these feelings out there on the open. Yes. Yes, and it's also very... It's also... For me, it's also very... Uh, relatable in ways that we'll get to when I, when I feel the time is right to, uh, insert that. Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. 
I mean, the only other episode that I can think of moving forward where we kind of get interactions between characters in a certain way. I mean, no, no more forever, sort of. But I mean, that's there's there's reasons behind that, and that's more jobbish yes. related. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's just nothing from comp- compared to this episode. So kind of what this episode really is, I mean, it's going to be a, a slightly different. We're obviously being very character driven this season. It's been all centric around one character, but obviously the, the whole bulk of this episode is our beloved 10. We can say that our beloved 10, because Taylor really feels like a, an actual main character at this point, even though she doesn't appear on the credits. Um, so our beloved Still ten. no Amy Carlson. No, no Amy Carlson. Everybody to me is used really well. Even our beloved hashtag Bobby Goes Nowhere is quite front and center in this episode. Um, and it all kind of centers around, we start off, uh, with all our characters around a burning car and then we kind of get some reactions. Uh, you know, Bosco, it was their own fault. Um, yeah, typical Bosco, you know, just things like that. Um, and then kind of we just get them sort of the way they interact react back when they've sort of finished the shift. Before I sort of get into some of these scenes, I want to point out the song here, which we get at the beginning and the end. Give me strength over the Rhine. What a damn song. This is so good. This song makes me cry. It's just one of these songs that just hits an emotional it fits chord. The- oh, it does. It's so good. Yeah, I it fucking fits love it this perfectly. This, fits this, the episode perfectly. This to me, if I think of iconic songs from Third Watch, which is a sentence that's not often regarded... Uh, it's this and uh, Hooverphonic Battersea, the song that we get in the uh, opening episode oh, yes. and, the, and the finale. So th- it's, this is the, the other one that I so closely relate to this show. Um, mm-hmm. So good. so And this isn't the only greatly used song in this episode. There's another song used in this episode, which, oh, it's used perfectly. Uh, but anyway, so we kind of just get this, you know, reactionary scene here. We don't know what's going on here. We just see a burning car and the reactions. Obviously, some big tragedies happen here, but we get sort of great little moments here. Uh, where, you know, we get, uh, the police station, Yokus, uh, sort of, you know, I want to go home and just, uh, stare at my kids. Bosco's line here. Am I supposed to cry over that? You know, Bosco's reactions as it would be. Uh, we kind of get the firehouse set up here. Kim's changing. We get, what is it, Bobby or women? Or is that Carlos might say that actually, not Bobby? Carlos. Sorry. Carlos uh, so I'm just that. making Bobby a dick there. It's Carlos. Of course it's Carlos. Uh, you know, this is where they're trying to get Doc to come out drinking because they're, you know, they're talking like, oh, anybody else want to go out and get a drink? Doc doesn't drink, so we don't want to hear that. Uh, I love kind of here, um, you know, Bobby's talking to Jimmy and sort of talking to Taylor. You want to go out drinking? Just ignoring Carlos. Poor Carlos. He's like, I'm going to go get changed. Huh? I'm coming too. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, poor Carlos. Um, yeah. So they basically, this is where we get Carlos to Kim, you know, tell Kim to hurry up. Um, Kim's looking at the, this tiara. She's crying. <laughs> And then kind of Carlos and line here. What were you just looking at? Kim. Nothing. Bobby says, hurry up. <laughs> what were you just looking at? Nothing. Let's go have some fun. Um, and the one thing also that I'll point out here, kind of I like the subtle little flashes we get here sort of throughout the night when they're out in the town. We kind of get each of the characters have a little moment. They kind of flash back to them staring at this burning car. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's good. So we get the opening credits, but then we get Sully at the desk. He's wanting to quit. He's asking for some resignation papers. And he's basically saying, "Does he need to be typed? Who do I hand it out? Hand it, who do I hand it into?" We've got random desk clerk here who obviously isn't believing Sully because she basically just says, "Sully, you ain't really going to quit." And you know, he's just basically like, "Oh, thanks. I'll turn these over." So you know, we we know that something he's you know obviously pretty decent, bad affected these people because Sully's actually looking like he's going to quit here. Um, so you know, it's uh. 
it's quite quite deep straight away. Um, then we yes. sort of get this nice little scene on the outside of um, Yokus talking to to Doc again. Random character. We talked about this with Kim and Davis last episode. He's Yokus and Doc. Why yeah. not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We've had Yokus and Doc before. Um, but like, I like her little line here. She says to Doc, he's just sitting on the outside of his car, staring at her like a business card, and she's just basically like, "Oh, they're usually easy to drive from the inside." Um, <laughs> fair enough. So Doc doesn't drink, but he wants to get coffee. Cause why not? He doesn't want to go home yet. Uh, this is kind of a weird moment though when Yoke is five seconds ago is like, "I just want to go home and stare at my kids," but now she's like, "Oh no, I'll go with you. They're all going to be asleep anyway." So okay. Um, then Sully kind of walks past. And then basically, Sully, you want to get some coffee? And Sully's like, okay, why not? So this whole episode is basically about our beloved Ten going out after work and kind of interacting and dealing with this tragedy that you will learn about at the end of the episode. And I guess what kind of manufactures itself here is we kind of get them in three groups. So we'll kind of have our our Doc, Yokus, and uh, uh, Sully Sully. Yep. We'll have our Carlos, Jimmy, Kim, and Bosco group. The greatest foursome ever created, can I just say. What a group those four turn out to be. And then we have... We have... Ty uh, and... Ty... uh, Bobby and... Davis, Bobby, and Alex. So, they're our ten. But we kind of... We don't necessarily start off that way. We're in a bar. uh, So, we've got Taylor, Bobby, and Davis doing shots. Davis... Getting a bit uh, over-eager with the drinks. And let's be honest, Davis has some of the best moments in this episode. Uh- oh, yes. <laughs> uh, especially, especially, especially after he gets completely plastered. Oh, God. Kobe <laughs> Bell's acting is just, you know, he's the star of the show in these last two episodes. Uh, Did they get- actually, I wonder if they, I wonder if they actually made him drink. Like oh, that. I don't think, I think it's just, it's pretty easy to act drunk. So I think kind of like, he's just very good at acting drunk. Um, we get... Uh, you know, uh, Carlos and Jimmy who are hanging out at a bar. That's a duo you see hanging out. We obviously get a lot of awkwardness between those two this episode. Uh, just, you know, this place sucks. I don't feel like drinking. We get Bosco in a bar fight. Of course Bosco's in a bar fight. <laughs> I just mm. love- I just love this random sequence. All of a sudden, we hear Bosco yelling at a guy, wanting to punch on this guy's about three times bigger than he is. Um, and then Bobby drag was Bobby's the one dragging him off. Um, it's just so funny. Um, and then, like, I love it when they sort of, they leave. So, like, uh, Jimmy, Carlos, uh, Bosco and Kim all leave. Uh, and then Bosco's all like, I could have taken him because he's waiting outside. And then Jimmy's like, yeah, of course you could have taken him. So, we actually see Bosco's waiting outside. Uh, Jimmy, Kim and Carlos all leave together. And then this is Bosco's sort of, like, random trying to pick up Kim moment, which, like, I think many people listening to this show will probably argue, Ben, Kim and Bosco is dirty kid. No way to hell is Bosco and Kim dirty kid, because, yes, I know, this never goes anywhere. This is the only time this has ever explored. I just fucking love the idea that Bosco and Kim could be a thing. Like, I just (laughs) love it. Love it, love it, love it. So, I love this... You go. That'd be even. That'd be. That would have probably been even more dysfunctional than her initial relationship with Jimmy. Oh god, this is this, nowhere. They're the worst pairing. Like you know, Carlos and Kim probably makes more sense than Bosco and Kim. But like, it's just, yeah. it's just so well. Like, oh god, it's just, I love this line where Bosco just kind of like, oh Kim, how are you getting home? Do you want to ride? 
And then Kim's kind of like, oh, you know, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Carlos and Jimmy invite themselves along. And then Bosco's kind of just like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got room, room for four. So we kind of got that mm-hmm. set up. We got back to uh, Sully, Doc, and Yokus. Um, and we kind of just, you know, this is Doc's sort of whole thing this episode is he's met his re- friend in real estate and he's working out kind of, uh, you know, that he earns more than what they do. And this is kind of like a, that nice whole referencing point to just, um, how little they earn for what they actually do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's a nice little setup. Do, you know, Sully's whole thing is just grumpy. He just wants to go home. Typical Sully. Uh, and then Yoko yeah. is just kind of there, but you know, Yoko is still good. But this is when we, so we then meet a young girl. She's, uh, sort of come yeah. up to them and she's like, oh, hey, you know, uh, do you know anything about the buses? Typical Sally's just like, yeah, three blocks over there, catch one. To which, you know, Yoko and Doc are straight away like, oh, we'd be concerned that you shouldn't be out there this late at night, a girl your age. Sally's all like, oh, you know, um, we shouldn't be doing here. To which Yoko has a great line. You can ignore Mr. Rudy McCoody over there. Um, you know. <laughs> You can sit with us and then we'll take you home. So it's, you know, nice little setup. But we meet our first young person on this episode. Just keep note. You think it's nothing, you know, whatever. Fair enough. Uh, We then cut back to the car with Bosco, Carlos, Jimmy and Kim. Again, this is great four, which just you do not expect to be so good. I'm just like fucking Bosco just blasts his radio. Oh, yeah. it's It's like a Morgan here. Turns the radio up. Everyone's like, turn it down, turn it down. To which as soon as Kim says, I've got a headache, he listens to Kim because he's trying to get in Kim's pants and I just love Carlos here this is a righteous ride man like, righteous it's like yeah what year is it the car or that word <laughs> I just love that. you know I just remembered that line and I wish I'd th- I wish I'd thrown that out there because that that line did make me laugh oh. like, okay first off what the hell does he mean by a righteous ride <laughs> He's trying to be... This is what I love about Carlos. This is where I relate to Carlos, is that he's always that, like, sort of awkward person on the side that never really fits in, but he wants to fit in, hence that whole section before when he's like, I'm coming too, because, like, no one thinks to invite Carlos, but he's going to drag along anyway. I relate to Carlos. I'm that person. I'm the one that nobody wants to come, but it's just going to come anyway because I want to be included. <laughs> so, like, you know, that I just connect so much with Carlos and just him, like, in the car. Like, this is me. I'm going to be in a situation like this where I'm trying to be cool, so I'm going to drop lines like, oh, it's a righteous run. People are looking at me like going, dude, what are you saying? Like, uh, okay. <laughs> but then we just get the, the great sequence here where, like, uh, Jimmy and Bosco, who just, you know, have this rivalry hatred of each other, and just Jimmy's like, my ride beats this. And it's like, oh, no, it doesn't. And he's like, bite me. You'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And this is where Kim's sort of talking about her high school boyfriend who had a car. I love the car. Chaz. I'm like, Chaz? Yes. What sort of name's that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, like, there's your line. And then this is Carlos's small bladder. I got to pee. Jimmy. Oh, yeah. I could use the bathroom too. So we're going to, you know, get them pulling over to go to the bathroom. Uh, yep. We think <laughs> Oh my and God. where do they and where do they stop it? Oh, uh, we'll get to that. They They're in a bowling alley. We'll get to that. But like, we get yep. Davis here drinking and just random Kobe Bell moments here. Just as subtle as I can never do it justice. He's drinking. And he's like, num 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 num. <laughs> <And then> he, 
And then he burps. He's like, Bleh. and then like he's a bobby. He's like, oh, I didn't think you, I didn't know you drank that way. And he's like, I don't. Um, and then like we kind of get this setup for Taylor and Bobby. Oh, this esteemed relationship that goes somewhere. Um, you know, Bobby's like, oh, it's okay. I'll look after him. And then you know, Taylor's great line: "Do you always mother you mother people? everybody?" Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I like. Look, I. Again, I was always indifferent on Taylor when I watched it, but I, I like I like Taylor in this episode. The more I watch it, just the way you know she's kind of like making fun of Bobby, uh, and this is kind of like again, this is the standout Bobby episode to this point. Where this is classic Bobby. This is what you expect from him. But you finally got somebody kind of standing because Kim never really stands up to him too much about his niceness and that sort of stuff. Like she does to a point, but like Taylor barely knows this man, and she's just basically like shutting him down. Like, do you always mother people? Uh, so it's just, oh, uh, it just sets it up. Like, I mean, look, let's put this out there right now. Don't get used to Taylor and Bobby being this great new love story that we're going to love. Like, I mean, no. Uh, I think, like, we get them kissing this episode and then they forget about it for about five episodes before we kind of get a funny resolution to it. That's about it. So, yeah. Don't start shipping Taylor and Bobby anytime soon. Although they both, yeah. let's just put this out there, Darvell. They both share a similar fate with how they will leave this show. So, uh, yes, they do, and that's <laughs> that's all we will say. Um, it's just, it's just great. We get back to um, our good old uh, trio of Yokus, Doc, and Sully, and this random girl who just showed up. We learn that uh, she's yeah. been out on homecoming and she's going off to Columbia, but she doesn't know if she wants to go there we then find out that doc's going through the amount of runs that they do and how much they earn i love he's like we earn like 13 dollars and 20 somethings whatever it is a, a run lucky uh, number 13 and the way yokus just stops i just love the facial expression that yokus has she's like that's it that's depressing and then the way he's like yeah and you guys go out and more runs than us so you earn less and this is where we get Sully, like, Sully's just frustrated at this point. He's all like, oh, look, you know, it's great to know that I learn, I earn less than the price of a bleacher seat every time I risk my life. I'm going home. I'm going to call a taxi. To which, you know, Doc's just like, oh, Sully, you know, sit down. We'll take you home now after we've taken hers, taken her home. So, grumpy Sully. Typical Sully. Give us a grumpy Sully. Come on. Grumpy about everything. Give us grumpy Sully. Crap. <laughs> That's all you need to say. <laughs> that works out well. Um, so we then get... Um, oh, here we go. Kim and Bosco sitting in the front seat waiting for Jimmy and uh, Carl. It doesn't get here straight away, but we just kind of get weird... Fl- like, you kinda, they're setting this up, and you're all thinking, like, no, they're not going to. Because we just kind of get, like... Kim, I really like that car. And just Bosco's kind of like clearing his throat, shuffling his seat. He's in. He's like, oh, oh, really? Y- you like that car? Um, just, you know, it's setting it up. Well, again, how about we take a ride? You just, you honestly think, like, no, they're not going there. But, you know, we'll get to that. But then we just get, like, again, random Jimmy and uh, Carlos male bonding at a urinal scene. Like, <laughs> like again, you tell hey, these things. Cr- like, I love this an episode ago when Jimmy, uh, Sorry, uh, two episodes ago, where Carlos is complaining about not being invited to the bachelor party. You know these two don't talk or hang out at the firehouse. And we never, let's be honest, we never really get Jimmy and Carlos ever bonding. And this is why, like, just Carlos at a urinal, standing there going, ah, getting married, huh? 
Yeah, I don't see myself doing that. Like, you know, what happens if something better comes along? Like, how do you know that they're the one? An affair? Nah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> to which Jimmy just got this look at his face and he's just like, didn't anyone told you the no talking rule at a urinal? That's why there's graffiti in front of you to keep you occupied. And to which, you know, Carlos has kind of got this like awkward look on his face and he starts reading it. Which, let's be honest, Darvel, you and I both men, like, there's a kind of an unwritten rule that when you're at a urinal, you don't, like, it's, it's eyes ahead, straight ahead. Like, you don't look anywhere else, and you don't talk right. to anybody. <laughs> For women listening yep, who I- kind of think, like, oh, you know, like, I've seen women in, you know, they talk all the time. Men, no. We're just like, don't look at anything, stare ahead, read the graffiti. <laughs> Take your piss and get the fuck out. Which is like, can I just say, I never use urinals. Urinals are like the most awkward thing in the world. Like, I always try to explain this I, to women. Like, I don't either. Think, think, like, the best way I can describe this to our female counterparts listening to this show, imagine you go to a bathroom and all the toilets are kind of on a bench. There's no doors or no separators. You have to sit on a toilet to pee while another woman sits next to you and pees. Like... It is, like, the most weirdest thing ever invented. Like, okay, fair enough, men can just whip it out and pee. It saves space. I get it. But, like, think about logically what you're doing. You are standing next to a stranger holding your penis and pissing. That is weird. <laughs> Which is why I don't do it. You know what the, you know what the, you know what's worse, though, than the urinals that are, like, they're mounted on a bench or whatever? You ever try to use one of those that are, that are actually built into the ground? Oh, like a they're sort of like a pit toilet, floor. or yes, yeah, yes. no, well, they're not good. The ones that are the ones that are actually at ground level, mm, yeah. Like, you don't even you would. You got no wall yeah, there. Probably. Those <laughs> right, those we, are terrible. We have this. Uh, there's an amazing bar in Hobart, actually, which I, I think is still there. They actually what they've done. You know how you've got that double sided glass where it's a mirror on one side and it's like a window on the other. So they've actually their mm-hmm. urinal, like it's it, the wall is on an alley. So they've actually made the urinal so it's a glass window. So when you go to the urinal, you like, oh fuck, it's a window. I'm not peeing there. The people are going to be staring at my penis. But like on the other side, it's a mirror, so people can't actually see. But what like people do is they go to this alley. And they know where the window is. So they just literally stand there and point and laugh to, like, put men off from peeing at the urinal. So um, it's actually really clever. <laughs> but, yeah, um... well, <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've always, I've always hate, I, I, I hate, I hate urinals. Yeah. I, I so. prefer to have my privacy, whether I'm, regardless of which one I'm doing, I prefer to have my privacy. So I always take the stalls in public bathrooms. Completely, completely uh, on the same page as you there. Absolutely. Um, so we, we're back to the car. Uh, Doc, Sully, and Yokus. Uh, we learn this girl's 18. She's too independent. Uh, we're learning here sort of Yokus is talking about being a mother and sort of, you know, oh, too independent. You know, my daughter's only 11 years old. Uh, so we then hear that, uh, the girl, where does she live? Oh, Central Park West. Uh, you know, just drop me off there. I like to walk through the park. And straight away, we kind of get like, you know, oh, no, that's a bad idea. Um, it's like, oh, no, can't do that. Can't go through life afraid. And Sally's like, can't go through life dead either. And she's kind of like, yeah, good point. Um, and this is kind of, <laughs> yep. we, we obviously get like, uh, you know, a bit of a flashback here to the car. And we kind of get a bit more of an extended flashback here. We see that obviously this car, we see the CD dangling from the roof. It says class of 2001. And there's sort of like people in this car drinking. So we obviously are assuming that these, this is being a car accident with sort of people who are, you know, having a crash. So we then kind of cut back to where they were peeing, where Jimmy and Carlos were peeing. 
It's a bowling alley. So Jimmy is walking and Carlos are walking through. I this love bowling. Bowl, so do I. Uh, they're walking through here and, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy's kind of like, oh, I haven't been bowling in years. And then Carlos, of course, is checking everyone out. It's like, damn, look at these girls. And Jimmy's like, they're kids. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's 2 a.m. Clearly that, you know, they, they can't be that uh, young if they're out this late. And anyway, he's just kind of like, oh, if these are high school girls, where the hell were they when I was there? Um, so, and then, and then I just, oh God, this line, this is just so Carlos. The way then Jimmy's kind of like, yeah, it kind of makes me think about what happened tonight. And which Carlos is like, why? It didn't happen at a bowling alley. <laughs> this is just the lack of compassion Carlos has. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Um, and then he's kind of like, this is when, um, what does Jimmy say about like, oh, no wonder you have bad luck with the ladies. Just Carlos is like, what? I don't have bad luck with the ladies. I'm no Casanova. What are you talking about? Uh, to which we then, uh, <coughs> this couple obviously coming up to them, uh, saying like, you know, oh, can we have you guys bowl with us? We don't have to bowl with the losers from school. And, you know, Jimmy's like, oh, we've got some others. Oh, yeah, get them. So he's like, he, he leaves. He's like, I'll go get, um, Kim and the Moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which, um, I love that line. And then to which he's like, oh, size 14 shoes. And then Carlos is like, size 14 shoes? How big are Davis's feet? Aren't they like 18 or 17? I think it was 16. Oh, something like that. But obviously, you know, they, you know what they say about men with big feet, right? Uh, They've got big no. shoes. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, but- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that joke doesn't get old. It's a dad joke, but whatever. Um, but this scene, we get... I just love Carlos' reaction. Size 14. But, oh, this scene. Here we go. The lead up to it. You weren't expecting it. You think they weren't yep. going to go there. They've gone there. Bosco and Kim are making out and about to do it in the front seat of his car. Oh, it's so, like, it's just the most randomest thing you never expect. And I believe, like, if you do not remember this episode, you always forget that Kim and Bosco hook up at one point. Uh, But even, like, this scene, it's it's not, like, passion-filled, like, oh, here they go. It's still kind of awkward because, like, Kim's riding him and he's like, oh, Bosco, I can't, like, you know, it's kind of awkward. To which Jimmy walks out and and he just straight away knows what's happening. He's like, oh, no, Kimmy. To which, obviously, then Kim sees him, goes, oh, my God, Jimmy, Bosco, did you just call me Jimmy? Did you just call me Jimmy? <laughs> um, to which then, like, you know, they quickly cover it up. Kim's like, oh, no, we are just talking. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's like, oh, I'm going to go bowling. And then Kim's sort of like, oh, that sounds great. And Bosco's like, it does? Like, Bosco's like, really? Like, you're not going to continue with this? So, like, Kim gets out of the car. Bosco's pissed and off. And Bosco just drives off. Well, not yet. Jimmy's got to give him the line of, you know, oh, just, you know, don't get so high on yourself. It isn't about you. To which he replies, kiss my ass. Now, again, this scene is slightly ruined if you do watch the blooper reel of this uh, episode. Uh, if you do see the retort that Eddie Cibrian gives Jason Wiles at this point, to which Bosco says, kiss my ass. And then Eddie Cibrian just has this blank look on his face and he goes, okay. And he, like, leans in the car to go kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually would have made it funnier. You really feel for Bosco with this moment because we're not going to get Bosco driving off to a little bit yet. We kind of they forget about Bosco for a little bit, but it's a good payoff. So like you feel for Bosco. Here he is. He's one thing that he wanted to do this night was have random sex because he wants to get his mind off the thing. Why not hook up with the hot paramedic who you know we know? So you know he's kind mm-hmm. of just there. So um, yeah, we'll get back yeah. to Bosco and we'll get back to this bowling because. We're now back um, at the, in the bar. park, I think. No, we're back at the oh, bar. Wait, oh, no. 
Davis is drinking. Oh, yes. Uh, Taylor and uh, Bobby are looking at him. And they're just kind of having this conversation. How long do you think he can go? It's like, I don't know. To which Davis can quite clearly hear them. He's like, I can hear you. Do you think I've drank I'm so much blind. that I'm blind? <laughs> <laughs> no, he says, I've drank so enough that I'm blind. <laughs> to which, now, um, uh, you can you you imagine, imagine, you imagine how much that cracked me up. But this gets even <laughs> better it? because to which... Um, yeah. to which um, Taylor gets up, she's going to the jukebox, Bobby follows, so which Davis has this great line, where are you going, Ruff? And then he's like, where are you going, Bobby Lou? <laughs> just like, keeps walking. <laughs> so then, then, then he still keeps getting better. Davis goes, a random old guy at the bar, he's just like, you know, I got a lot of respect for old guys like you. You know, I'm not one of these younger guys who has no respect. Like, you guys, you've, you've seen it. You've, like, you've seen it a lot. His fingers pointing. And he's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're standing on my foot. Standing on my foot. <laughs> oh, Davis is brilliant this episode. He's just so funny. I just love that little bit where he's like, where are you going? He's like, where are you going, Bobby Lou? <laughs> they should have gotten they should have gotten him drunk more. Oh, like this is the, the fun Davis thing is, is it's like you kind of fucking drunk. Each character in this episode has their moments of being how they are, and we still get a bit of a payoff here for Davis. Like it's not just all like let's make him the comedy of this episode. He still has a serious scene in this episode. But, um, yes. Yeah, just, it's just so well done. Then we get sort of this scene with Taylor at the jukebox and she sort of complains, like, oh, when did they last stock this thing? How much Frank Sinatra? Um, to which, you know, Bobby just can't let it go. He's like, I don't really mother people. And then just love that line, the way Taylor delivers it. Like, I'm sorry, I should know better than get between a mother and a cub. Like, the way she delivers <laughs> it, so good. And then, you know, she's yes. like all obsessed with some song. I like this song. Do you dance? Bobby's just like, no. And then just like he walks off, to which we then get to keep going with Davis. Bobby goes back to da- uh, to Davis, and Bobby's like, "Bobby, what's a shaking?" <laughs> like, I just love the way he says the line. Oh my Man. god, it's so funny! He's like, "Oh, I just think I pissed that old guy off." It's <laughs> just like, "Oh, you two are cute together," and kind of we get this little scene where like Bobby's checking out. You know, Taylor, like, oh, something. I love how we just get random hookups between these characters. You know, Kim and Kim and Bobby right. goes nowhere. Bobby and Taylor, well, it doesn't go anywhere either. Um, yeah, we, we pretty much established that Bobby goes nowhere. This season. yeah, hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. But this episode, Bobby's decent. Yeah. So hashtag Bobby decent. This yeah. episode, um, yeah. then we get we're back. This is where you're probably talking about here, Davio. We're back in the park. Um, so we kind of get Yokus uh, and and Sully having a conversation. Doc is uh, talking to the young girl about, uh, you know, college is very important. Um, and, you know, what does what uh, Sully say here? Uh, maybe you need to do this for me here, Darvell. You know, all I wanted to go home is drink a beer and watch Sports Center. Can you give me that? <laughs> no, all I wanted to do was go home, drink a beer, and watch Sports Center. <laughs> I'm right there. I'm right there back in the scene. Uh, then like, these young girls Some, kind of like. Something like that. Well, I want you to I want you to give me this line here in a second because you know uh, she says, "Oh, come on, guys, catch up." To which he replies, "Oh, great! Now I'm supposed to jog." Oh, great! Now I'm supposed to jog. <laughs> Just love that. They run up and catch there, and kind of we get this girl. She's the you know epitome of positivity. You know, oh, I love this park. It's yes. so beautiful over there. I had my first kiss. I can't remember the guy's name, but you know she's love it. And then just we get this great line from Sully: "My first kiss, the girl sneezed in my mouth." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. When I heard when I heard that, I was like, "Okay, 
Now, how is that possible? You're supposed to kiss the girl on the lips. What were you doing? <laughs> well, I'm sure they, while in the middle the... of a kiss, they she probably just sneezed. Or they're like, well, that's you. Uh, so. Yeah, but but when you sneeze, it come when you sneeze though it comes out of your nose. So it's like, well, I mean, yeah. sure, but <laughs> maybe yeah, he but... kisses noses. I don't know. Um, maybe. <laughs> let's maybe. ask Joey. Joey Doherty here. Come on, he's the one making out with six year olds. Um, he's a little thorough at the moment, isn't he, Joey? When are we yeah. getting the Christmas tree? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from two episodes ago, yeah. Um, but we kind of get, you know, Yoko's... We see the uh, the carousel, Yoko's like, oh, he's bringing the kids here, and then random, oh, Doc love, wants to break the law moment. Scene. Let's go check it out. <laughs> Why not, Doc? I love this scene. Oh, we'll get to that I in a second. I love the scene of all them on the merry-go-round. Well, we've got an even better one still here. This is why this episode is so good. Every scene is great. Like, we get this scene here in the middle where we're back at the bar... Uh, we hear uh, that he's the last call, and then Davis is like, "Oh, you know, he's like, we're closing it up. You didn't even give me last call. You've had two. He's like, two I can't believe calls. how you're treating me. I have. Do you right. know how long I've been coming to this establishment? I've never seen you before I've in never my seen life. You here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's so good. To which we then find yeah. out that Bobby's going to pick up the tab, a hundred and twelve dollars. One hundred twelve dollars. That's. <laughs> Do you think that's no, expensive? No, that's $112. That's one drunk motherfucker. That's, I, a, that's well, one I'm drunk motherfucker. S- that's what it is. Then maybe this is going back to a few episodes ago with the whole, like, going to a dinner and a movie McDonald's is $70. Maybe this is how much it's dated in terms of the, the timing of the money. Uh, from an Australian perspective, when they basically say $112, he bought a few rounds for the bar as well as getting drunk for himself. $112 is a pretty standard night in Australia for, like, two people just not even getting drunk in Australia. That's how expensive we are. When I've been to America and I've like gone out drinking a lot of the times and, you know, bought drinks and all that sort of stuff, I've barely, you know, uh, spent under $100 in those situations and particularly when it comes to buying drinks with other people. So for me, $112, for him getting that drunk as well as buying rounds for the bars, which I love that point where he, like, you know, starts shouting out, my shout, everybody, and then, like, probably quickly covers his mouth. Um, like, I think that's <laughs> cheap. That's just me. But uh, I like it when he's, he, Bobby gets the, the tab and then uh, Dave just randomly, you're a nice guy, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. But this is Ameri- yeah. This is the America around scene, Darvell. Um, yes, yes. Which, which uh, you know, it's like, great, we broke into America around. Um, to which, you know, was it Yokus or Davis is like, uh, I'm not sorry, Davis, Yokus or Doc. It's like, oh, it was a pretty cheap lock. And um, Sully's like, oh, I didn't realise that the extent of the crime comes down to how cheap the lock is. Which, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a fun line. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Faith who says... Yeah. Who points out that the Which, lock I mean, look, cheap. we've got to point out, like, we know this is an episode about them blowing off steam and distracting themselves because of the tragedy they've had. But, I mean, this is Doc, you know, hands down, by the books, for the most part, Doc. You know, salt of the earth, Doc. Yokus, a police officer. And they're just breaking and entering. Where do they think this was going? Like, they knew these cops <laughs> were going to show up and point guns at them. But I just love this scene here where they're all on the horses. Uh, they're all like, woo, yeah. And to which, you know, the girl was like, oh, come on, what's your problem? And Sully's great line, I'm allergic to horses. I'm allergic to horses. To horses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic to horses. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. Uh, we then obviously get the cops show up. Uh, get your hands off the toy. Uh, Sully's great line, perfect. 
Um, so perfect. We uh, we then get uh, we're in the car. Uh, Dave is in the back seat. We get uh, sort of Taylor and Bobby. Nice little scene here. Uh, you know, sort of talking about you can't forget about it. Uh, I'm not a cheerleader. I just love the randomness here where he goes, I go to church. I love Taylor. Good for you. <laughs> like, yeah. It's one of those moments. Like, I- I'm that sort of person that will pick you up if you have an awkward pause. Like, I know you're trying to say more than you're trying to say. But, like, I used to work in a CD DVD shop and people would come in and they would, like, pause. So they would go, do you have any CDs? And they would pause. Like, you know they're about to say, do you have any CDs by Michael Bolton or something like that? But they would have this awkward pause. They would go, do you have any CDs? They'd pause. And I'd look at them and go, um, no, I can't see any because they're in a store surrounded by CDs. So I would just be a dick to the customer. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when people would come up to the counter and go, like, asking for the TV show Friends. They'd come up and go, oh, do you have any Friends? And I'm like, no, not really. But you're after the TV show, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm that guy. So, like, this is Taylor's moment. Like, I go to church. Good for you. <laughs> like, he started talking about how she's he like. Try- there you go. And she she's trying to get him to be more specific or open up more, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he then yeah. admits he goes, lights a candle for everyone who dies, and she kind of reacts like, oh, God, you're one of them, to which then we just get Davis, yep, yeah, I'm going to be sick, and to which he, like, and we get angry Bobby, go out of my car, man! Like, I just love this. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but too late. Oh, it gets even Tosses better. Cookies. Oh, again, this, this episode is so good. You just want to keep talking about all these sequences, but they just, you know, they keep split, spreading this around. We were back to yeah. uh, the merry-go-round to which the cops are sort of like, you know, talking to, to Sally. Sally's like, do I look like the merry-go-round? I can't do it. You do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I look like the merry-go-round type? There you go. Um... To which this random cop is uh, basically saying about, like, you know, oh, I came on midnights because it's quiet, you know. Uh, there are plenty of toys. Don't do it on my beat. Fair enough. Uh, we're back We're back yeah. to the uh, the bowling scene here. Jimmy's getting four strikes in a row. Of course Jimmy is. Um, and then we're hearing this young girl talking to Kim about, oh, me and Gary are celebrating our anniversary. We're going to be together forever. Uh, you know, young love. Typical teenage. Yeah, young love, teenage love, yep. Yeah, uh, we were all there. To which, uh, you know, Kim sort of obviously, this girl's like, oh, you and your boyfriend's cute. Oh, he's my ex-husband. Oh, okay. Uh, to then we get great Carlos scene here. Carlos is going around trying to pick up people. To which he then gets oh, his, I like, love this. soda spilled everywhere. And Jimmy's like, whoa, check out Lothario. Oh, no, it was Don Juan, sorry. And then Carlos, like, rise, rise back. She hit me, man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Jimmy's like, oh, Nieto. And, like, we'll see this again. We see this kind of in the Carlos episode when they do his, like, previously on section. Uh, to which then yeah. the young couple, Gary and whatever this blonde girl's name is, you know, I'll see that woman over there, you know, she's recently single. Trust me, go there. You know, like, I just kind of like them trying to set Carlos up. Poor Carlos. Like, again, that's me. Yeah. I'm the one getting... I want to know what he says to this woman that she, like, tr- dips the soda all over it. I just love Carlos coming back. She hit me, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then we... Oh, God, this episode. So then we cut to random-looking vomit in the car. That doesn't look like vomit. That just looks like grey paste. Um, but, like, this whole scene is, like... <sighs> 
Bobby's just like, disgusting. But I just, I'm going to kind of like separate this into moments here because we've obviously got this sort of moment here with Davis and he's kind of saying like, oh, you know, did you see them? They're all burnt up. You know, they didn't even look like people to which, you know, Taylor is basically just like, stop it. You know, let's not do this. I don't want to do this. Uh, to which we then obviously get this random kid show up. Maybe it's doing him well. Who are you? I'm Darren. Um, so, like, the reason I just wanted to get that separate, because, like, just in the, the way it's so subtly done, you're just going to listen to Bobby in the background. And he's like, what does David say? He's like, oh, you know, I feel bad, you know, uh, Bobby's my friend. And <laughs> which you hear Bobby in the background, you should feel bad. And then, like, three years paying this car off. <laughs> just, like, disgusting. And then just, like, yeah. the way he's cleaning up. And the best line is, like, we've got this serious moment between Davis and Taylor. We've got Darren showing up. Maybe it's doing you well. To which we then randomly get, what is this, egg? <laughs> It's just so random. It's just so funny. And then, like, yes. as, you know, they're helping Davis up and Taylor. We've got Darren. Davis is a little look. Who are you? So, I'm Darren. That's a good name. This is Al. Al the Firewoman. Al the Firewoman. <laughs> I just love this scene. He's like, what is this, egg? Yeah, the oh, Al the Firewoman line. That was my favorite line in this scene. <laughs> oh, just it the really random, was. The randomness when he turns him. Who are you? I'm Darren. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> As if he had never heard that name before. Oh, back to the bowling alley. Uh, you know, kind of this is where Kim gives a tiara to this girl. Uh, and then we kind of get a nice Jimmy sort of Kim scene looking at this, you know, couple. Oh, they're so cute. Um, and then kind of we get the Jimmy scene here. Can't believe you're hooking up with Bosco. I wasn't hooking up with Bosco. Well, he seriously needs to get his suspension looked at. Uh, and meanwhile, of course, Bosco, remember him? He's still in this episode. He, this is where you like, you feel for Bosco. He's been waiting outside the bowling alley, waiting for Kim to maybe come out, but he just basically gets to the point where, nah, fuck it, give up. So this is where he gets in his car, speeds up, revs the wheels, burn out, drives off. To this is the other moment where we get a great use of music here. Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. What a song. What a moment. This just feeds into this so damn well. Um, oh, so good. We cut back to Bobby in the car. Somehow randomly has air freshener. I mean, who doesn't drive around with air freshener in their car? Of course, Bobby does. Uh, um, and then we got Darren, who's just a, everyone's bestie at the moment, sort of talking to Bobby. You know, oh, does she always look that sad to Alex? Um... Yeah. To, you know, they they bring Davis back in the car. Davis gets in the car. Oh, it smells nice in here. Uh, then kind of, you know, Bobby sort of says to Darren, like, oh, where are you going? I can give you a lift. And, you know, he's like, oh, it's okay. I live a few blocks here. Taylor gives him a look and he just has his line. It's okay. I mother people. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... Yeah. There's just this random little throwaway scene here, which is a kind of a real blink and you miss moment. But when they all get in the car, I love just, like, Davis randomly sticking his head out the window with his hood on. It's just, like, just a random little... Like, it's cute Davis. Here he is, sticking his head out the window. Uh, <laughs> which is so... Uh, it's just yeah. a random little moment. Um, back to the park, we've got, uh, them all sort of walking through the park and saying like, oh, that was great. Oh, next time we'll get shot. Um, so, you know, we kind of get Yoko's talking to the young girl here about, you know, the difficulties being a mother and a cop. It's a nice little moment. But then we obviously come yes. across, there's a crime happening, some person bashing a person, uh, in the park. With a rock, so yes. We sort of need a little bit of a scene here for the, the characters to kind of get in their job mode. 
Uh, then we get this great, you know, back to Bosco in the car with Rebel Yell speeding. Just like every time I watch this episode, I just want to crank Rebel Yell so loudly. Uh, Bosco, you know, this is the episode where our police break the law. He's Bosco speeding and revving and going through a red light. Um, so, you and know. Yelkus and Sully breaking into America, breaking into the merry-go-round. Bosco, and, yeah, sorry. And, and, and Davis, uh, Throwing up in a car? No, no, that that's not that's not illegal. I was thinking drunk and disorderly, but then I thought, no, no, it doesn't. You know, not too bad there. But uh, obviously, Bosco no. pulls up, and we'll see that that's he's at the scene of the accident. But um, we we kind of get you know back to the park where you know random paramedics show up. Of course, they know Doc. They're like Doc. Uh, <laughs> so you know, Yokus and uh, and uh, Sully have chased after the victor. Uh, the the perp, and they can't find them, so they are going to ride back uh, with this person back to the hospital. Uh, Sally is going to take Doc's car, and we'll drop this young girl home. Uh, so, yeah, we this is Bosco back at the scene of the crime, um, and he kind of, you know, sees uh, something on the ground, picks it up. Here's a bit of a flashback. We see Sally dropping off the girl here. Uh, he sort of says, oh, is there something happened here? I remember, you know, like a tragedy a police came here for. Uh, and then to which she says, well, how do you know it was a tragedy? And then this is kind of like a nice little scene where she's like, was well, everything you remember bad? Do you have like any good memories? And he's like, well, sure. Uh, and then she's kind of like, well, thanks for taking care of me. She kisses him on the cheek. Oh, go Sully picking up young hot girl here. Um, so off she pops, which is, this is kind of where you think something's a little bit different with these girls and guys that we're seeing these young people, because as we see this girl sort of go towards the building, she kind of fades away. She doesn't just walk in the door. She sort of fades away. We cut back to Sully's face and quickly she's disappeared really quickly. So you're like... Oh, okay. That's interesting. So then Sully goes to walk off. We get random guy who is like, Officer Sullivan. Oh, it's great to see you. Uh, Frank Matthews. Uh, you know, saying, an, old, oh, an old friend of his. Yeah, we're doing really good. Uh, you know, we've got a kid now. Frank Jr. Thanks. Thank you so much. And Sully, you can tell, has no idea what he's talking about. You know, he's like, who is this guy? So as uh, kind of he walks off, Sully quickly remembers and he says, you were going to kill yourself. And he's like, what was that? What? What's going on? It's like, oh, no, no, no. Just thanks again. So it's kind of like, this is the nice little turnaround moment here where Sally kind of has spent all night talking about tragedy and bad moments, but this is kind of like a random good one. Obviously, Sally helped this guy not kill himself. This guy's recovered, and here he is, had a kid, and they're doing well. So kind of Sally walks off with a smile on his face, and it's kind of just like a nice little scene. So um, there you go. Uh, So anyway, we get back to um, our good friend's uh, Darren and the gang, uh, to which he says, oh, I'm just over here two blocks away. So they're going to have to drive through the, um, the scene of the crime. Accident scene. The accident. Uh, as they, uh, get there, uh, Bosco is there, uh, and Bobby sort of comes out and says, Bosco, what are you doing here? Seriously, Bobby, leave me the hell alone. Uh, it's kind of like a nice little scene, Bosco Bobby moment. Um, you know, Bosco dealing with it in the only way Bosco does. He's not going to be the one crying and getting all upset. He's just going to deal with it. He's sort of the way he does. Um, and then this is kind of like a nice scene here because this is Darren. Oh, it must have been terrible. You know, Bosco, who the hell are you? I watched four kids die here. There was nothing I could do. This isn't why I became a cop. Uh, nothing, nothing I could do about it. So it's kind of just like a nice little scene. We kind of find out really here what's happened. Obviously, this burning car, there were four kids. Uh, you know, they couldn't do anything about it. It went on its roof. We're going to see that specifically what happened uh, in just a few moments. Um, 
But kind of, this is sort of where we get them sort of all heading out towards Coney Island. It was mentioned that Bobby sort of at the beginning of this episode when he's like, oh, let's all go out. And the plan is we'll all meet at Coney Island at sunset. Uh, so kind of this is where sunrise, Bob, sunrise that, that too. Uh, so Bobby obviously says here, like, let's all go out to Coney Island. Uh, so we cut back to Jimmy, Kim and Carlos walking down the street. Uh, Carlos has gotten the phone number from this single woman. Uh, and it's kind of like, oh, you're going to call her? And it's like, oh, she's got a kid. Um, and it's like, oh, you know, that doesn't mean everything. And then kind of like, you know, Carlos is like, yeah, I'm going to call her. We never know if he calls her or not. Don't expect that to go anywhere, people. We never learn about that woman again, so don't expect anything. Um, they all kind of say, oh, I don't feel like going home, to which Sully pulls up. It's like, what the hell are you guys doing out here? And what does Doc say? What are you doing in Doc's car? Uh, so it's kind of like, oh, thought we are all going to go to Coney Island. You want to come? So Sally's kind of like, yeah, okay. Uh, so we're out at Coney Island. He's uh, Bobby, Taylor, and Davis. We need some wood, <laughs> which is more to be said in a few moments when they kiss. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, Taylor's like, oh, I never come here. And, you know, Bobby's like, oh, we came here all the time in high school. Um, and, uh, yeah, they eventually kiss. And Davis is kind of watching on. He's sobering up. He has a bit of a laugh. This, I'm pretty sure, is the only time we ever actually see these two kiss. So, like, don't think this is an ongoing relationship. As I said earlier, it's kind of there and it's kind of forgotten about before it's brought up again for this weird resolution in a few episodes. So, yeah, yeah. don't expect too much about this. Um, and this is when Taylor finally, you know, she she open, she opens up at this point about how she feels regarding the, yeah. uh, the crash. She was like, you know, she says something like, they didn't have to die or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Which then leads us into ultimately this, like this scene. Oh my God. This is like, I love this scene. Powerful. It's great. And this is just this whole episode as a whole. So this is kind of the flashback. This is where we see what is happening. What happened in this accident? We see this car speeding. We see these kids drinking. We see the car ultimately flip, crash, burn. Everybody shows up and obviously there's nothing they can do. But what is the more prominent thing about this scene the four children in this car just happen to be people who have already seen this episode. The couple at the bowling alley, Darren, and the young girl that Sully and that looked after in the park. So what essentially this whole episode, which is a weird one for me to like this episode much, because it's kind of a weird one that pretty much all these characters aren't really hanging out with anyone. They're just hanging out with ghosts for this whole episode. Their spirits kind of sent down to basically be like, look, we're all going to be okay. Um... I mean, that's at least the interpretation which is sort of comes from I mean, You can interpret this whichever way you want to, but that's kind of, I guess, what they're implying here. But um, it's it's powerful. Like, you're not expecting it. Like, it's kind of a real left-of-field choice of word, choice of storyline to see it. And just kind of like the song, we've got, uh, you know, Give Me Strength playing over the top. Uh, you know, we just kind of see this sequence when they all show up. Like, when the car blows up, you obviously see Bobby jump on Kim to sort of, like, protect her. You see Sully and Davis kind of, you know, ready to go with a fire extinguisher. Everybody shows up all at once. Um, but then that's not even the most powerful scene. You think, well, that's going to be the powerful scene, all the characters in one scene shot. Nope. Then we go cut to Coney Island. It's a great little pan of, uh, great little fade, I should say. It's not a pan between the fire of the car to the fire of the bonfire everybody shows up on this bonfire. All 10 of our main cast are all here on this beach. And then just the pan, the zoom out. It's, oh, with the music and just this shot of everyone on this bit. Oh, perfect, 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 perfect. Nothing, nothing at all that bad can be said about this. Uh, what a way to end this episode. Yeah, definitely after our... Oh, wait, wait. Got a segue into it. And now... 
It's time for the Evil Liver Review. Oh, well, I, I didn't want to get to that quite yet, Darvel. I wanted you oh, to comment sorry. on this bit. Sorry. Like, sorry. this is your moment to comment on sorry. the last bit of the episode. <laughs> sorry. Man, I got way too ahead of myself. You there. did. Okay. I know Evil Liver Review is great, but come on. Bad Darvel. <laughs> Bad Darvel. Bad Darvel. Sit down. <laughs> yes. But, yes, I do. And... Yeah, this is how this is how I that's how I interpreted that scene too. You know, it was the those uh, the the spirits of those. It was the you know the spirits of those kids saying, "Hey, we're okay," and now we now we need we 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 need you to be okay too. And this would actually be a good point for me to mention. I said at the top of this episode that that this particular one really hits home for me. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a good time to share. It's it's a personal story. Please, please do, Darvel. Um, yes. Well, um, a couple a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, one of my one of my nephews from, uh, well, yeah, a couple weeks ago, one of my nephews was in a terrible, terrible car accident. It was him, um, and I think maybe two or three other people. Um, he wasn't driving. It was one of his friends who was driving. They were speeding down a side road, and the girl who was driving lost control of the car and wrapped it around a tree. Hmm. Now, my yeah, my nephew and one of the other one of the other guys who was in the car with who was in the car they they were they were air, they were airlifted to to a to a hospital the they were both on they were both extremely extremely critical um my my nephew's my nephew's friend died um uh less than a week after the accident and actually that same day we thought that we thought that that he was going to die because they were showing no brain activity. He hung on for another few days, but he died. He, he JJ, that's my nephew. He died on Halloween because I mean his injuries were just so severe that worse was a brain injury that he had an extremely traumatic brain injury. One that if he had pulled through, he would have more or less been a vegetable. That's how bad. That's how badly his brain was injured. But. So yeah, you know, losing losing my nephew, and I mean, don't worry, there was no car fire or anything like that. But still, losing him in in that way is one reason why the why this particular episode really hits home for me. And another thing, another reason, and I didn't think about this until after I watched the episode um, in the day leading up to in, in, in until I watched the episode after I attended my nephew's funeral. Um, but when I, 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 um, it took a little while for me to work out the arrangements to get back to my home area, back to Kansas City, Missouri to attend his funeral. It took a couple days to work that out. My, my grandmother actually let me stay, actually let me stay with her those two nights that I was there. First night, I, first night I, I just remember I was I just remember laying down to go to sleep. I was like shaking really 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 bad, really badly. You know, cuz it was just such an emotionally charged time. Hmm. Well, then I yeah, well then 
I don't know if it was a combination. I don't know if it was the fact that I was back in my hometown or what it was, but I just, I slowly, I, I got this, I got this calming, this, this calming feeling, this feeling of calm, of like, like a really peaceful feeling su suddenly, you know, came, came over me and interpret this how you want. But I think that, I mean, not only was it a sense of peace at being back in my hometown, even though the circumstances were extremely tragic, but also I think after I watched that episode, after I watched the After Hours episode, that's when I started thinking, hmm, maybe another part of that peaceful feeling I got was, was, J, was, JJ, was JJ telling me he was all right. Hmm. And telling me he was at peace. Now you're free to interpret that however. How no, no, I you're free to interpret that however you want. But hey, that's. Uh, I mean, I felt this. Like I said, I felt this would be a good time to share that story of no, why that's, that's, this that's, episode that's really perfect time. I mean, you sort of briefly mentioned that to me off air, sort of in the in the days leading up to this, and I kind of questioned whether or not now's the the right time to be doing an episode like this, but. Um, you know, I mean, that's, I, I appreciate you sharing that story, Darvell, and obviously, you know, it's, uh, you know, personal story and, um, you know, can connect it. I mean, it's kind of not the same level, but I mean, it's kind of two episodes ago, no. as you were saying, in terms of like the Kim's Hope Chest stuff, where I could connect to a lot of that stuff. Um, so definitely not the same level, but yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I and, appreciate and, you. and, oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say, and he, and he was about the, and everybody, and he and, I think everybody in that car actually were about the same age as the characters, as the as the victims, the the victims of the car crash in this episode. JJ was he was he was only seventeen. Mm. Far too young. I mean, the thing that I think you yeah. ultimately that I always kind of question about this episode too, which is kind of an interesting thing, is that like the, the way they handle this episode. Because I mean, this is ultimately is an episode where. Why should we feel in some... I don't sound disrespectful with this, particularly the story just told, but, I mean, these are four young kids who are stupidly drinking and driving and speeding, and they crash. So it's kind of like, you know, but ultimately they're still kids. So it's kind of... It's an interesting way they go about this. It's the fact that it's... Like, it's not like these kids are involved in an accident that is not of their own doing, if you know what I mean. So it's kind yeah. of... It's interesting how they kind of do it. And I think that's kind of perfectly done how you have the four spirits of these kids sort of hanging out with these people, uh, you know, who are seriously affected by this, you know, terrible tragedy. So, again, such props to this episode. Um, peak, 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 peak third watch. And, again, anybody who's, you know, if for some reason you're just tuning into this episode and never watched it and for some reason you're listening to us anyway – Watch this. If you're never going to watch anything of Third Watch, watch this episode. I mean, sure, you might not get some of the references and context to a lot of things, but it's still just for a character-driven show. I mean, we're covering Lost, and Lost is so well done with the character development. This episode, to me, shits over anything Lost has done in terms of an overall episode featuring the entire cast interacting with each other and as an overall level of an ensemble cast. I don't think there's any ensemble show I've ever watched that does it as perfectly as this episode does, even, like, Friends. And, you know, it's obviously that's a comedy, not a drama, but, you know, it's just... Oh, just cannot speak volumes enough of how good this episode is. That now leads right. us, Darvell, into our Eva La Review the segment. Eva La Rue segment. <laughs> Eva La Review segment, yep. Um, I, hmm, I might be in this one. I think it's a pretty shit episode. Uh. 
I mean, come on. If, if you do not do anything but buy this episode, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to worry, because I would definitely after hours this episode. In other words, I, I would buy it. Definitely buy it. I mean, we're literally trying to rename the category the after hours category. So, um, yes. Yeah, look, I've said enough. I, I think, think we in terms should stick of, with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just like, I, I will say this right now. Um, and again, we might do an episode. We kind of alluded to this a few episodes ago where we might get to a point where we will rank every single one of the 132 episodes of Third Watch. Uh, I'm saying this right now. This to me is the best episode of Third Watch. This is number one with a bullet. Um, there, I mean, I'm not saying that there are, um, you know, episodes that aren't as brilliant as like, you know, but like to me, this by all means is the greatest one. And the thing that baffles me is I look here, I mean, this isn't a show where there are rankings that exist of people ranking the episodes. If there are, I'd love to find them. But, uh, to me, the only way this has ever been ranked is if you do go to our IMDB episodes rated by IMDB users. Um, and so I'm looking at this right now, and I'm ashamed to say that this 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, according to IMDb users, this is only the ninth best episode. No, not even the ninth. What is it saying? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th. They put Snowblind ahead of this. What the hell? Snowblind's a weird episode. Go on. Where are those IMDb users? They reckon, according to IMDb voters, the greatest episode of Third Watch is Goodbye to Camelot. No, it. it well, that. Well, that is a good. That is a solid episode. It's a and solid it was a great episode. Way to end it. it was a great way to end. That's the maybe show, a great no, episode. I don't know if that's even in. It might be a slight low after hours. Just. Yeah, you know, we'll get to that's a long way away. That's the finale, in case you're not wondering. But like, oh god, like looking at this list, they only have uh, so above it. So their top three episodes, four episodes, none of them even come from the first two seasons. So third watch, uh, we have Goodbye to Camelot as number one, Cold Front as number two. Which one's that's season three? What was yes. that one? That's the uh... Cold Cold Front. Cold Front was season three. So that's, uh, oh, yeah, and no, I'm reading that one now. I know what that episode is. Um, yep, Jerry comes back. I mean, it's a good episode, but it's not the second greatest episode of Third Watch. <laughs> so uh, A Call for Help is number three. That's, I could not follow that one. Is that, that's uh, the 100th episode. That, okay, that is, a, that is a good episode. Um, because that is very, like, I can't wait to get to the episode because there's a lot behind that episode, which to me, that stands out. I would agree a call for help is probably a top 10 episode of Third Watch, not the third. Um, Judgment Day Part 2, yeah. Young Men and Fire, the fifth best episode. I mean, as season finales go, that's probably the weakest out of all six seasons. Um, September 10th, yeah, solid. That's a top 10 episode. Uh, Superheroes Part 1, yeah, it's a good episode. Is it top 10? Maybe, not sure. Crime and Punishment Part 2, eh, uh, a rock and a hard place from this season. That's, uh, our two back-to-back Bobby episodes here. Rock and a hard place, Requiem and a banter, for a banterweight, bantamweight. Yeah, Zeus Wept, that's the finale for this season. Great episode. I'd put that well ahead, Young Men of Fire. Snowblind, followed by After Hours. So, like, come on. I want all Third Watch fans who are listening to this to go to IMDb and rank 
and after rate hours, after hours as number one. As not just keep ranking the shit out of it to get an average here. So I'm giving it right now an average of ten. I've put Snowblind, and I mean, I don't think it's a one out of ten, but I'm just putting it a one out of ten to help the average here for after hours. Uh, <laughs> did me doing that change anything? No, it didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, random rant. Um, yes. You know, the the sad thing is about this, Darvell, is that we've actually only been talking for a little bit of over an hour. I for sure thought this would be our longest ever episode of Third Watch. It's actually one of our shortest ever episodes, and it's the best episode of all time. So, interesting. Maybe it's just so perfect. We've got well, Maybe this is a thing. We've got nothing to nitpick about. So, it's just bang, 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 done. So, um, yeah. that's possibly where we're at. But, um Oh, yeah, it could be. This episode. This I can't believe we've waited so long to get to it. Now it's done. Uh, it's kind of like when Boone died. It's all over again. Uh, hashtag rest in peace, Boone. Uh, so, next episode, we're back in uh, next week with Know Thyself. Uh, I've got to say right now, I think Brandy might be with our next one, Darvell, so you might not be here for this one, but we'll talk a little bit about here. Maybe you've got an opportunity to talk a little bit about this. So, we've got another Yokus episode. Um, we've got some prisoners escaping from a truck. We've got some great scenes with like, is this one where they've got all the foam on the, on the street or something like that? I kind of randomly remember that one. Um, and I think this is the first one where Emily or Charlie actually hear, actually hears Faith and Fred fight. I think so, yeah. This is the one, this is, I, I ran it, this is, um, actually what is so good about this one is this is kind of, it's a well-balanced episode because, again, this goes to my point when we talk about this, why I think Molly Price is the ultimate star of Third Watch because it's such a strong episode by her. But, like, even kind of like they deal with Bosco here, like, Bosco has sort of random funny moments this episode because he's got somebody, like, getting revenge against him by getting flowers and he's, like, getting allergic and all this sort of stuff. It's funny. Uh, like, Poison Ivy and that. But we get some powerful, yeah. powerful, powerful, powerful stuff with Bosco and Yokus. Like, this is your first episode. Like, you think you had a bit of Bosco and Yokus animosity in the first season with kind of some of the conflicts that they had? This is deep. Like, this is going back to our ramifications before about Yokus, uh, you know, what she's had to deal with when she's ultimately lied about getting her abortion. This is where some stuff starts to come out. So, know thyself. Another strong episode. So, um... Yeah, I don't know. You got anything to comment on this one, Darvell? Obviously, given that uh, I think Brandy's back next episode, so uh, sorry, uh, but you know, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine, man. <laughs> I mean, we're not. This is yeah, the thing. People are thinking, why can't you have all three on an episode? Well, you know, we're going to at certain points, but uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, anything to add on? Know thyself. You know, I'm going to have to watch that one because I haven't, I haven't watched it for a while. It's a soul. It's a I'm good. Definitely episode. Gonna, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm going to have to check it out again. Uh, Plus, well, you know, I want to, I want to keep, I want to keep watching the episodes, even ones where, where I won't, where I won't appear to dis, where I won't appear on on podcasts to discuss them. I, I still want to watch them, you know, just so I can keep up. Uh, yeah, keep up. Yeah, there we go. for sure. I, I definitely think yeah. that uh, ultimately, when it comes down to it, that's a good idea. And we obviously know you at home are doing this as well as we continue on through this and uh, by all means just watch After Hours again just right now stop listening go watch it again it's that good of an episode you can watch this back to back a hundred times and it'll still hold up uh, like subscribe comment you know the drill when it comes to stuff even a review us on iTunes Spotify and Stitcher um, and yeah we uh, excuse me hiccuping in the middle of our conclusions apparently um, 
appreciating everything that you guys are saying and we're enjoying bringing these episodes to you. Um, and yeah, just because I said we are at peak third watch right now, it doesn't get any better than this episode. Doesn't mean we've still got a lot of great stuff to come, particularly with this great, great, great second season. Uh, so I'm nine in a row now for uh, buy it. Uh, a streak, which who knows how long this is going to keep going for. Uh, it's been a yep. pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Ben, and Darvel, what's a shaking? <laughs> and my name is Darvel, and... Uh... Great, now i got a jog. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.